Thank you for downloading this Brum Radio podcast. For more podcasts, visit brumradio.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 4 of The Fashion Demics with me, Laura Arrowsmith, and my co-host, Sophie Johnson. Hilia! Oh, <laughs> no, it's fine. Like no, it's fine. It's oh. funny. <laughs> Laura wanted to start again, but I was like, it's, it's cool. Everyone calls me SLJ still as well. Like, oh, it's fine. I just can't get used to it. I've known oh, you. Before. I knew you were going to do it then. I was watching you. Yeah. I was like, she's going to do it. She's going to do it, but that's, you know what, it's one of those things. It's like my friend Jo, she's still in my phone as her oh, original surname. I've like, got loads of friends like that, I just uh, forget. All my friends, like, I just call them... Damn it. I mean, my friend Hannah, over the summer, um, Emma got married, I got married, Anna got married, and I've said them all, Hannah, Emma, Anna. I still call Anna, Anna Forster. Hi, Anna Forster. Bet you don't listen. I'm going to make you listen to this one now. I'm going to tell you you're featured. Emma Green, who's now Emma... Oh, I just can't get used it's to MSG. it. It's MSG. I call her MSG. I don't think I'll ever not call her MSG, so... But anyway, well, anyway, it doesn't it. matter what her surname is because we're very sad today and Sophie has some <laughs> sad, sad news. I got the new job! Woo. I'm happy, I'm happy, but I'm sad. I'm happy for you, but I'm really sad for myself. Oh, no, it's going to be weird. It's going to be weird, so weird not having... We've been, obviously, friends for such a long time and then been teaching together for the last four and, four and, a, half and a half years. Yeah. years. Wow. I like each other's comfort blankets, aren't we? You're definitely my comfort blanket. I'm going to feel yeah. very exposed. Yeah, so I've got <laughs> a new job. I've been at BCU a long time now. Seven and a half years, Seven and it? a half years, my eighth teaching year. And it's just time for it. Just time to change it up, guys. Freshen it up. Freshen it up. I, you know, sometimes you just know when you need to move on and need mm. to have a new challenge. So I am officially, as of January, a senior lecturer in marketing at the Nottingham Business School at Nottingham Trent University. It's very exciting. So I'm not teaching fashion, but this will be my... I'm sure there'll be plenty of fashion like students that want to go oh, into. Oh, of course there fashion be. marketing and all those things so I'm sure I'll still get my little it's like I said to you earlier I saw what well, I heard somebody say if you're in a job and you're not either learning or earning then I you need to move on love that it's good I isn't it that. and I think that's what I'm now gonna get I feel, at Nottingham. yeah I feel like you've learned or you can at BCU and it's time to move to Nottingham carry on with your PhD Woo-hoo. get a nice little cheeky pay rise Happy and it's days. like it's like the next step yeah so def- you always needed. need to just keep moving definitely keep evolving need. but fear not listeners the fashademics is still going to exist. It's going nowhere. It's a very important part of what I do. Uh, me and Laura love doing it. So it wasn't even a thought between us that this wouldn't carry on. So, but I think it's be interesting. You're stuck with Different us. insight. Yeah, you stuck with us. You bet you're like, yay. It's like the Spice Girls it's splitting over. up. <laughs> the trauma. But no, no, Huns, we are still here. That's just, that's just. A little update. Um, Other than that, we've got a great podcast lined up for you, haven't we? Yeah, we've got a great guest. We've got lots of topics. So although I sound really sad, we're not going to make it a morbid podcast. It's exciting. (gasps) Which morbid is actually my favourite podcast. Shout out again to morbid. I'm obsessed. (laughs) That's like a lovely little lead in then. I love morbid. But yeah, so yeah, great podcast. Lots of, obviously, as always, controversial opinions, debate, all the things you need to know. And this week, I'd like to know, is George Astor. I've just got some interesting points on George Astor. I managed to get Laura to talk about a supermarket fashion brand. Hey, love I'm all for it. it. I'm all love for it. it. 
So guys, we've got lots to catch up on this week. I feel like it's just been bang, 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 like new story after new story. We've got lots to in talk the last about day. loads to talk about. Our list is endless, which is amazing. Um, I think we're going to need to start with Harry Styles. We were just talking about it in the studio right Good now. Good old Harry. Good old Harry. We love Harry Styles, don't we? Don't we? Although I am not a massive fan of his music. And, uh, um, I really like his music. Sugar. Uh, is that the words? Yeah, what it's actually written sugar. about a female orgasm, that. What a man, sugar. <laughs> I'm just like, what is, what is this song? I just don't get it. But I'm a big I like fan that of really him. happy one. Da, 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 da. Find I don't think I know it. Don't know the words. Um, but I'm just a, a loser that doesn't like like modern day music. I'm just. just not I love a bit of pop, me. Yeah, I'm, I'm more of a you know naughty's pop mm. princess. Um, but all that aside, I was a massive One Direction fan. I must tell my story in a second. Oh God, love them. Um, absolutely love One Direction, and I do love everything that he stands for. I have to say, yeah, he is it's so refreshing. Cool. It is very refreshing. He's so cool. He's so likable with it. He's just. I don't know. I just say a lot. Just good vibes, good energy from Harry Styles. Um, I did meet him many, many moons ago. So um, I was that obsessed One Direction freak. Um, sorry to any. Uh, Why doesn't this surprise me? <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, I went for that Bieber stage and Twilight stage yeah. and One Direction stage. So when I was working down in London, um, I um, had my own PR agency and I was working at the time with a management company called Modest Management who um, look after a lot of people that come from like, X Factor and stuff like that. So at the time, it's like Alexander, Alexander Burke, Leona Lewis, all them old names. Ooh, yeah. And I used to send loads of stuff and, and dress um, a couple of those people. And I got an invite to Alexandra Burke's birthday party one year. I, don't know, I can't remember if it was a special birthday. I can't remember. It was a... Um, Gilgamesh and Camden, great night. And I just had that feeling. I think I was manifesting that One what, Direction would, they would, be would turn there? up. Yeah. And I'm sat there with my friend Lucy um, and um, I, there was a few celebrities there. And then there you go, looked up. Who the hell walked Oh, my God, in? I'd die. All of them apart from, <clears throat> I think it was Zane that wasn't there. Zane actually, sorry, Harry, is my absolute favourite. Um um, and then, yeah, they all walked in. I was like, oh, my God, like, hyperventilated. I was still at that point where I'd, like, only been in London, maybe, like, six to ten months, somewhere like that. And I went to the bar. <laughs> I went to the bar. And um, Harry and Louis were stood next to me. And obviously, oh it was God. a very, like, celeb do. So, yeah. like, you had to be that's really cool, someone like... to be there. Like, I wasn't anyone, just a PR person. And he was like, oh, can I buy you a drink? Who, Harry? Yeah, I've never told you this. I've never told you this story. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And I said... No, it's okay, thanks. <laughs> Are you mad? Are you but, actually insane? Oh, you, best bit yet. But can I have a picture? That's it, guys. I went. It went down like a lead balloon. I had the picture with him. Oh, Sophie. And I just, I ruined. I, I could I'm have had a so... right, lovely evening with Harry Styles. I you could have, have you know. You know. Well, no. Winky, winky. Oh, dear. No, I didn't. Well, no. Um, didn't want to be one of those girls. But I was like, what the hell have I just done? And that's when I realised, uh, working in PR a conversation and that, starter. I know. Been, like, but the thing was, at the time, he was seventeen. He shouldn't have even been in there. <gasps> Naughty. Big How reveal. old would you have been if you were seventeen? Twenty-three, twenty-four. With Caroline Flack. Yeah, you know, absolutely. But anyway, that was my reasoning. I was a bit like, oh, Harry. But what that I have, honestly, I cannot tell you my regrets of that. Of that. Oh my god, I'm so disappointed. I might not be. I'm not sorry, Luca, but I might not be Sophie Hillier. I could have been Sophie Styles. I'm going to have to post this on the Instagram when the episode comes out. There's a photo of me and Harry. Ignore my eyebrows. Oh, my God, it was a long time ago. <laughs> I think it was like 2012. Um, and you can just see Louis in the background, just like looking like, 
Oh dear. There was a yes. rumour that Louis and Harry had a thing. Who bloody knows? Who bloody knows? But anyway, all that aside, off topic. Off topic. There's my Harry Styles story for you. Um, lovely guy. Um, but yeah. So today he's released a gender-neutral makeup line. It, yeah, it's a beauty line. So I don't know how far this is going to go in terms of is it going to be um, makeup or is it solely just the the couple of things that he's released. So he's got um, his nail varnish, which is sixteen pounds. Quite a lot. It's quite a lot. Well, the Gucci one. Um, oh, I nearly gave it away. Then I'm, she's not going to listen to it. My Gucci, the Gucci one. I bought it um, for my best friend for her birthday. Um, <laughs> what a bad best friend for not listening. I know. Rude. If you are listening, though, I love you. Um, it's a nice present. It's cute because I saw it on a <laughs> I saw it on a TikTok trend. Right. And apparently, if you buy the Gucci nail varnish, it comes in all the Gucci packaging, and you get all the like the envelopes packaging, blah blah, blah and you get a Gucci tote bag. As well. And Ooh. I just thought, oh, it's just so giftable. So giftable. So, but how much was the Gucci nail varnish? £25. Um, how much are the Louboutin ones? Oh, they're way more, aren't they? Because I the, think they're like something like £40. Oh, I, my, my Christmas present, my wedding present off Luca bought me um, some lovely Louboutin makeup. Um, the lipsticks are amazing. Um, but... Um, I have my nails done. Shout out, Nikki. Nikki Faraday. Um, I have my nails done, so I'd never use nail varnish. I'd never really buy a nail varnish. But um, my auntie Tori uses it, and she said, it ain't that good. It chips after one wear. She said, it goes on lovely. The Louboutin one. And every time she's used hers, her red one, it's chipped after one wear. We're really digressing here, but it's very important Well, they're £41, the Louboutin <gasps> nail varnish. I've just looked. But the Harry Styles one... Um, so the, £16. Okay. £16, which is, you know, I think... You're buying into it, aren't you? You're buying into the Harry Styles thing. They do a nail polish kit. They do the pleasing pen, Ooh. which is like, um, I think it's got like one of those little eye rollery things that you can have okay. on your eyes and lips. What's and the brand called? Pleasing. Oh, she's called Pleasing. Quite like that. And then he's nice got name. the um, illuminating serum. So it's all gender neutral, which is very his vibe, very what yeah. he represents. And I think it's really good. I'd, I'd be interested to see how well this does. But I think yeah. because he's got such well. me too, I think he's got such a big fan base, um, it's going to do well. But what I think is that it's so, I haven't seen anything else in the market. Like we see lots of celebrities like Selena Gomez, loads of people doing beauty lines and yeah. starting Ariana Grande has just released hers. Yes. Sweet. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just feel like this is... Refreshing and needed because we've had conversations before, haven't we, about gender neutral clothing and how it's yeah. very much kind of like, oh, we're just going to put you in beige. Well, this is kind of like, I just think this it's is a, a bit innovative and yeah, it's a step, step, a step up, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so definitely a step up without like, I think people still haven't worked out gender neutral fashion. That's, you know, there's a lot of work to be done there. My only thing is, I think it's a great idea. Who is the consumer other than young girls obsessed with Harry Styles? Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. I well, don't, I don't follow his new music and stuff. How, does he have a male following? Does he? I don't, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I'd say he does. I'd say he does. I think people look up to him with, with looking at him being quite admirable in the fact that he stands up for what who he is. Yeah, you know that cover on Vogue was just sensational. Oh, God, it and was. you know he gets it's criticism, beautiful, but beautiful but everybody human. does. Everybody does. But I think what he does is so of the times. Um, and it's all really tasteful and it's not like in your face. Yeah. I don't know. I just, yeah, I I really, really am all for Harry Styles. Um, I, yeah, I just, it's just more of a an observation as to whether, you know, he's had so many kind of directioners follow through yeah. as fans and which have been predominantly female. So I just, do just wonder about, um, about that male following. Obviously that's, 
for me, that's the point of the product a little bit more is for me is making yeah. men feel comfortable that they can use beauty products but I wonder if you know you've got the directioners that are followed which is predominantly female but I feel like the the people that are maybe more open to talk about being gender neutral and maybe followed Harry since have started because they when One Direction were a big thing, they were probably too young to acknowledge One Direction. So I yeah. think that he has got that new following of yeah. people being more self-expressing so. really and um, finding themselves and being comfortable in themselves and actually seeing him as maybe as an idol, as kind of like a leader of it. Yeah, you know? and he's a good person to be yeah. on that platform Yeah, uh, leading forward. So, yeah, I absolutely love that. And I think that leads on really nicely. I absolutely love this news, um, which I think I saw it on... Um, uh, I think I saw it on LinkedIn. Um, and it's the, the M&S. M&S pronoun. Mm, so now they have, um, if the staff wish to, have their pronoun, pronouns on their name, badges. their name badges for work, which I think is love just, that. you know, Instagram have kind of done that. You know, we even had a conversation when our new students started this year that yes. do we actually need to ask them their pronouns? Yeah. I think it's becoming a more and more important thing that, like... Businesses, especially, you know, us as a university, um, we need to have that conversation and kind of say, like, you know, who who are you? Who do you want to who be? Who do you want to be? You know, the way, That's you know, it. when we have new students, we say, you know, we might have a student called Roxanne. Do you want to be called Roxy? Do you want to be called Rox? Do you want to be called Roxanne? Yeah. We have that conversation and this should be normalised, shouldn't it? It should be like, mm-hmm. okay, who, who are you? Is it they? Is it she? Is it her? Is it him? You know, and I think that's really, really important that um, businesses are recognising. That's why yeah. I love that. That someone, yeah. um, you know, that's just working at M&S on the till and someone can look at that and know what to refer to them as. Because mm-hmm. um, sometimes it's not obvious, is it? It's not obvious. Um, and I think it helps everyone. It helps customers. It helps... Um, and it helps the people that are working there feel more yeah. comfortable in their skin. So Absolutely. It's, it's really nice to see... Um, retailers um and businesses taking these things on board yeah i hope a lot of brands like follow suit and this is just a given yeah absolutely so you meet loads of famous people when i was working at the studios <laughs> one of those people was louis, was louis walsh uh, a lovely fella i was really really sad and it actually fell just after westlife but oh, oh my god i loved westlife I went to them so many times i wasn't such concert. a big westlife fan oh i absolutely was so like i sat in the bar we were consoling each other you know practically hugging and crying and that's a bit dramatic we weren't but i was just like why have they split up and he was just like i don't really know i'm surprised as you are i'm surprised as you are that was a lovely <laughs> lovely louis walsh impression <laughs> The next thing that I want to talk about that I think is really interesting is the use of augmented reality that brands are starting to do. And um, the recent one is from Boohoo Man because their recent campaign, Hack Friday. Very um, clever. Isn't it? Very clever. Hack Friday. So it's a new dystopian vision of Black Friday. I just don't like that word dystopian. No, I don't don't either. It just annoys me. But it's basically this this person, this this, um, digital person they've created called... Robin, who's like a hacker. Hacker Robin. Hacker Robin. And he sends um, discount codes to consumers. Love this. So I think it's just a new way of connecting to the audience in a different way. Yeah, because loads of websites, like I've, I've I bought a few things from Misguided actually recently, some new blazers for work and things like that. And um, it keeps doing like these dropping discounts and like, the decline and stuff like that. And I think retailers, I know that's a very old hat thing to do, but retailers are looking for new ways to infiltrate discount. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. You, you go onto a website now and just expect a discount code. Yeah. Like, I love the way it's like that kind of interactive Have you seen element. the um, Gymshark social media advert about 
Black Friday. Yes. So it's just like an empty warehouse and then yeah. they're like, oh, I really want some discount. And then they just walk past with that cardboard. I think that's quite good because I think that's clever in the fact that you, it's a bit comical. Yeah, I was, I was a bit like... Uh, yeah, at first I thought, and then I, uh, then I looked at it because I wasn't paying attention. I was like, oh my God, they just give a date away. And I was like, mm. yeah. Different. Um, Different. Yeah, and it was a sponsored post, but I couldn't rewatch it. You know, when you're kind of like, what, what the hell did yeah. I just watch? Yeah, I feel like yeah, I need yeah. to see it again. Uh, but yeah, I mean, on that topic, Black Friday. I know. Black Friday, I love Next week, is it? Next week. Next, well, it's funny actually because, I, you know, Black Friday. It goes on for weeks now. It goes on for weeks, and then Cyber Monday carries on for about seven years. But you know what? What's it the difference hasn't... between Black Friday and Cyber so, Monday? Cyber Monday, isn't it supposed to be like the busiest day of online shopping in the year? But surely that would be Black Friday because everyone wants the well, deals. traditionally, Black Friday wasn't store. online. It was store-based. Ah. That's when you'd see, like, everyone queuing outside the stores yes. and that. But it's, de- it's just, like, you know, it's just it's a very American thing, isn't it? That's been, yeah. that's been, it's been brought over here and commercialised in the UK. Um, so, yeah, it's a bit of a funny one. So, yeah, so I think that was the idea that you had Black Friday, then you had sort of Monday because then all the deals went mm. up online. But what I have noticed this year, which is quite refreshing, that it isn't, everywhere like it normally is i feel like normally like a week at all even literally as soon as november starts yeah black friday everywhere but Which i've noticed i'm less surprised of it. i'm surprised because so i went to do my weekly returns to the post office oh, God. <laughs> it's like laura gets a whole paycheck every time she does a return terrible and there was um this lovely older lady mature lady doing um selling the poppies oh, um love. and i was like oh i've already got a couple like i got them the other day the last time i was here yeah. um i said how you know how's it going and she said oh you know i've i've done nothing today she was like um we've done research and we found that people just aren't prepared to give money this year more so than last year even though we were in lockdown she's like yeah i've done like hundreds of pounds less this time um and it's she they the poppy appeal don't tell me they're having a black friday sale no they're not but they are saying that people are just so nervous about losing their jobs mortgage inflation Mm, um, just inflation on products you know leaving the eu everything's like things are going up and she was like we're just finding that people just can't spare the pennies now God, that's um mad. so i i was expecting oh, I, have, I didn't get one this year i should i'm gonna if i see one i'm Naughty. gonna go and do it now it's probably too late now because it's passed mm, i know but, it's passed but it's always good time. yeah so put the I, money in. I found that really sad um but what was i saying with this yeah so i i'm expecting people for black friday to go mad because i would think that they maybe people don't have as much disposable income and they want to get those bargains but like you said we're just not seeing those adverts as much no and but i do wonder whether it's falling a bit like redundant because like the whole point was that friday hit it went mad so now retailers have been stretching these discounts off they're not seeing yeah. that like that hit and that bump and i think what's the point in stretching it out because it's actually then making you like yeah. no more money it's so like dfs they're, they're always in a sale oh god don't they're always even. in a sale don't anybody even. that buys a sofa at dfs full price is an absolute mug yeah no i completely agree <laughs> absolute mug and i think uh, i am actually looking forward to black friday this year it always depends if it falls on payday for me as well because you know True. sometimes if your payday is on the monday and it's black friday on the friday people don't have the money so yeah. i think people i know obviously it's a very american thing and it falls in line with thanksgiving doesn't it but it doesn't oh, always. Is that why? Yeah, I think so. I think it falls in line. It's the Thanksgiving's always the Thursday, isn't it? Oh, and then the Friday must be a bank holiday. No, yeah, would it be a bank be. holiday for them? I suppose well, the Thanksgiving day. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Um, so, like, when it has fallen before and it hasn't fallen on payday for me, it's like, mm. oh, what? Well, you know, overdraft. Gonna, well, <laughs> Hello, overdraft. <laughs> hey, hun. 
Um, so I think this year it does fall, and I haven't done. I've, I've done one Christmas present. I barely <laughs> one Christmas. I'm normally so organised, so organised. Mm. I don't know what's wrong with me. Maybe because of last year and knowing you could just do it all online, super easy. Yeah, that's the thing. It's this is the Amazon Next Day Prime, isn't oh. it? Like, thank the Lord. <gasps> yeah, I've got loads of stuff in my Amazon basket. So I think when yeah. Black Friday comes, I'm just going to go boom, see boom, if boom, anything. Boom. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just conscious that it's one paycheck until Christmas. <laughs> Reminder song, thanks, love. Sorry, sorry about that. Um, so, yeah, I think it's interesting. I love as well, I love how Boohoo Man are thinking differently and thinking about Hack Friday. Yes. How can we stand out? How can yeah. we connect with our audience? And I think through AR, AI, it's just... Um, relevant and needed and interesting absolutely and i really love that pretty little thing of done pink friday Cute. although they have been in trouble recently haven't they for yes the taking their branding a bit too far yeah and their color scheme the 9-11 post was a yeah. little bit like come on guys I think, I think we might have spoken about that before i'm not sure yeah um so yeah lots going on in the retail world isn't there there is and i saw um an article on the guardian about Portugal making it illegal for your boss to text you after working hours. Could you imagine? How do you feel about that? I just think, I don't know. I don't know because... What? Sometimes there there is times that I have needed my boss I, yeah. and I've had to call. Mm-hmm. So... But does it work the other way? Like, are you able to contact your boss? Also, what would actually happen when you say illegal... Do they get a fine? Do they go to prison? Yeah, because get... sometimes there is due, there is a reason to contact. Yeah, like I'm sorry, I've got a very work. upset stomach. I will not be in today. <laughs> yeah, that that can happen. I know you it's seven thirty, but yeah, things do happen. There's, there's been times where you know there's there's been something recently that I've had to call my boss and because I couldn't have left it till the next morning. Um, I think it depends on relationship, doesn't it? Depends on your relationship. I think it, it does. Depends on the business. Yeah. yeah. Um, Maybe if it's something that is like work, like to do with a work task or yeah, something like that. Yeah, I think like it's that. appropriateness. I think obviously if it's sickness or if it's like urgent, but I think it's like, oh, can you make sure that you do this tomorrow at like 7, 8 p.m.? I'd be like, mm, I would rather you an just email. email me. But the thing is you can time your emails, can't you? So say if someone's yeah. off an annual leave or someone was sick, you could time that email so it arrives. Um, also... That- I don't know. Sorry, I didn't mean to bite in. No, you go. I don't know how that would work from in the fashion industry and obviously other sectors. So say you are a buyer and you're overseas doing a factory visit and there's the the, the time delay, time difference, Mm. and you just need to contact someone really quickly about something or check something or check a merchandise or check a design. Relationship, isn't it? Yeah. Like, how would that work? What are the expectations of your job? And maybe, I don't know, maybe there needs to be something in people's contracts. Like, there is going to be an expectation to communicate out of work, but then that's got to be reflected in the pay that almost people are on call. So I think, yeah, I think it all depends on relationships. It depends on the type of job you've got, whether you agree to it. I think I think there's got to yeah. be that expectation because, and you've got to set that expectation within a contract. So I think uh, it's maybe a little bit too far to be like, it's illegal. You know, like, uh, uh, we obviously we both work at BCU at the moment, um, and they do say about, like, uh, emailing out of hours and that kind of stuff. I think that's been tried to Could be instilled. Could you imagine, like, going... To HR being like, oh, I just want to report that my boss messaged me at four minutes past six and I would like a disciplinary, disciplinary process. <laughs> yeah, and no. then going back into no, the office but... and your boss being like, uh, uh, unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just a bit, a bit, I think illegal is a bit like, whoa. I think Portugal are trying to have that work-life, home-life balance, which I 100% yeah, but I, I back think, and respect. I think 
you know, flexible. There's been a lot of, of progress made, and I'm hoping a lot of businesses haven't just gone back to their old ways. There's a lot of um, there should be a lot more flexibility or well, flexi working. Yeah, so absolutely. say some some of your teams start eight to four, and some do ten to six. Well, how are you going to keep up? Like messaging them at like yeah, exactly, that's, that's, that's exactly. Tough. So I just think, and you know, there's a lot of talk isn't there about four day weeks and stuff. I mean, I'd love a four day week. Oh, wouldn't you? I'd love a four day week, but I do worry. You know, like when you see people go part-time and actually their workload doesn't actually get any less? Yes. It actually just gets It's the same more. but condensed. Yeah, that's yeah. what would stress me out. And I think that would just be like, yeah. uh, no. Um, but yeah, I think there's just nice, there's nice strides being made in like working and support. And obviously this would include the fashion and retail sector. So would you prefer to work longer hours for four days to get that one yeah. day back? Would you? Yeah. Yeah, I'd love an extra day. So what would that love. be, like eight till... Eight till seven. Yeah, I think I could Four do days that. a week. Especially if you've got that flexibility of working from home as well. There's longer yeah. days and having that. I think there's no... 100%. No reason why not. Okay, I would love to introduce our next guests, Judith and Elizabeth, who run eFitter. So we actually um, heard about eFitter. We were talking podcasts and podcasts ago, weren't we? Mm-hmm. About if only there was... Um, a platform where you could ensure um, that when you were looking for clothing, you knew exactly what size you were. And I think eFitter actually got in touch with us. Or well, one of our followers has said, oh, you need to speak to eFitter. So we were like, oh my God, damn it. Yes. <laughs> Our business model's already been gone. So we are so, so excited to welcome eFitter to the studio today. So thank you very much, Judith and Elizabeth, and welcome. Thanks for having us. Oh, you're more than welcome. Thank Very you. excited to hear more about the business. Yeah, please tell us. So tell us, when did it start? How did it come about? I mean, I know your website has a timeline anyway of the journey, but we would love to um, let us, um, our audience know more. Yeah, sure. Um, so Ethan was birthed from both of our personal frustrations when we shopped online. Like I'm sure you lovely ladies also have experienced the yes. frustration of ordering clothes online doing all the due diligence, checking the size chart, even filling in their um, tailored, you know, size questionnaires just to find that perfect fit. And the item comes and it doesn't fit. Um, And what we found through our journey in building was that one, you know, one size does not fit all. Uh Absolutely. One size chart does not fit all from brand to brand. Um, And we also found that there was a huge environmental problem with returns. Um, I'm somewhat of a lazy shopper, so I, Me too. I was very annoyed <laughs> with the treks to the to the post office and yep. you know to the local ASDA um, when I when I really shouldn't have had to. Um, so it was birth from that frustration, and we have known each other for years, but we connected over I guess the personal experience that we've had shopping and amazing um, the work that we could do to make um, a shopping a more personal experience and therefore help the environment in the process. Love that, love that. Um, yeah, Sophie and I were having conversation in the office today about um, Sophie saying about ASOS, where it tells you what size you are and how much it varied, wasn't it? Yeah, from brand I was to brand. getting so frustrated. I'm trying trying to find a dress for a party at the weekend, and I'm going on all these different ones, and because obviously there's so many different brands. One second it's saying I'm a ten, then a twelve, then a fourteen, and it's like, oh my gosh, like no wonder people get so stressed and upset. Mm. And end up buying multiple sizes to having to return one yeah, of them back. Absolutely. I mean, I have that frustration with Zara, but apparently on their labels, they've either got like a circle, a triangle and a square to, to tell you whether it's oversized or oh, wow. a tight fit. 
But like I, it always says that you are a medium on Zara. Whenever I order it, I always have to then order the small. And it's so frustrating despite putting body measurements in, you know, yeah. how you want it to fit, what's your size, what's your age. And I've never thought about what you just said as well, the frustration actually. It's the wrong size, it's bad quality or whatever it is. Mm. And you've got to go yeah. out and queue in the post office and send it back. It's, that's, yeah, so without we, getting what you wanted. We just love the idea. Well, the thing is, even with those size predictions, they're going by a mass audience. Yeah. So yeah. they're assuming that you fit into this average body like type that doesn't actually exist. Yeah. So, you know, you go through all the hoops of filling in 10 questions only to get a size that doesn't work for you. But so the difference true. between us and what those solutions do is it's actually based on what you've bought. So Love that. Yeah. I don't know, in the pandemic, you know, I don't know you, but I put on a lot of weight in the pandemic. Here, here. Reach. Exactly. So, like, over time, my size got larger over time because I was just buying one size up. So, Aoife to now predicts me a different size to what I would have been predicting, oh, okay. I don't know, six months ago. Interesting. Love that. So, we're teaching international retailing at the moment at university, and we're talking about how, how brands may have to adapt um, for certain whether it's cultures or um, certain consumers that are slightly shorter, like notoriously shorter or slimmer, um, and how brands are kind of like maybe altering sizes or shapes to to fit that certain demographic. So I think it's really interesting that you've said that, that it actually goes it's by. It's just so personal, isn't yeah, it? Isn't I love it? it. absolutely love it. Yeah, this is what we like. Um, <laughs> the tricky question that I have for you is, which retailers do you think are doing it well? And are there any retailers that you think are doing it badly or simply just need to step up? Um, I was going to say this is an unpopular opinion, but it probably isn't. Oh, go for I it. I don't think any of the retailers are doing it well. And I think as long as we don't have uniform sizing, this mm -hmm. is going to continue to be a problem. Yeah. Um, I think the problem is twofold. On the one hand, Sizing is not uniform, so a size 14 at Mango would not be a 14 at Zara, for no. example. But the second problem is, as you mentioned, clothing doesn't really take into account other cultures other than the dominant culture. Mm -hmm. yes. So Westernised culture, account... I guess. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. It doesn't take into account that different people from different ethnic backgrounds and races may just have na a naturally different body composition. Yeah, absolutely. So... Well, like as long as we are buying mass produced items, the sizing issue is going to exist. And Judith has, Judith has already touched on this, where she said that, um, you know, there's a sustainability issue as well, where we have to return these items and often they're, they're not resold. But the other issue there is we're producing so much, we're producing so many new items because it's cheaper to do so and because there's no real desire to make sure it's made to measure for the individual and yeah. it's more expensive to do that. Like, it's a chicken and egg situation. It's like you're producing loads and loads and loads of clothes because there's demand for it. But at the same time, as long as there's demand for it, people are going to continue Steve, to buy in return. It, yeah. Absolutely. yeah, definitely, definitely. It's so, so interesting to think about um, adapting and, I guess different cultures different sizes do you buy smaller quantities but then your margins might be more if you buy if you buy like different variations I mean what I love about M&S is that you can buy um short regular or tall on all items and I think that's really interesting because I'm five foot eight so I'm quite tall so I like to be able to try on the tall stuff in M&S and I haven't really seen other high street retailers offering that. In the that. style, I've started doing that. I have noticed when I was buying some bits on the weekend, 
Um, it literally breaks down 12, 12 tall, 12 petite. And I just thought, yes, love this. So talking um, on the matter that you are obviously um, an e-commerce platform, um, I wanted to know, do you think your business model would be affected or evolved to include digital fashion? Could we discuss this on our latest podcast about the increase in um, retailers offering this whole kind of like digital designs and how you can buy these Louis Vuitton online shoes and Gucci shoes and Balenciaga and all these things. And we just wondered how would this come into effect, I guess, with your business model? I think to answer the question, I think we, in short, will go where the consumers are. I think there's been a really cool um, influx of digital fashion. And um, I guess, you know, meta is like the new buzzword as well in fashion right now. And everyone's talking about, you know, what does that look like? What does Web3 mean? And there's a lot of opportunity for sure. However, um, one thing that we've enjoyed in this process so far is building the consumer a consumer facing product mm-hmm. and actually listening to our audience, listening to their feedback. Um, and I think at this point in time, we know we are solving the, the problem we aim to solve. Um, but in talking to our consumers, we've found or our users, we found that there are more problems that we can solve that are not just, you know, concentrating on the fit, but also the, just the shopping experience and getting it more tailored. Um, does this directly involve digital fashion? I guess in aspects, yes. Um, but also I wanted to note that we are currently B2C, our business model currently mm-hmm. B2C. Um, however, in the next year, we are looking to add a B2B arm. Oh, um, okay. And this will be interesting where we would be looking at what brands actually need. Um, of course, we have a hypothesis that all brands should care about their returns because it helps the environment. Um, but it may be that brands want not just the fit solution, but others um, that may involve digital fashion. So I think for us, we would just have to speak to um, our target market, um, our our users um, and our potential partner brands as well to see what their, their, um, I guess, their goals in in the future will be and how we we can help them solve certain problems. Definitely. I wonder, like with digital fashion, it's not like you can try it on online and then think, oh, actually, I'm going to send it back because I just don't understand how, like, the return rates of a, of a digital item of clothing, Especially how that can't. would work. I think that's probably one of the yeah, advantages. Yeah, you can't return it. I think um, with digital fashion, for me, I think it's been interesting because when I think um, new phenomenon has come up, like NFTs and, and digital fashion, like, you start to think, okay, like, is, is this something that we should be paying attention to yeah. or not? Um, this is where I say it's really important to look at consumer behavior. Um, a lot of us are very confused, to be very honest, about oh, what's going on. Like, what does Web3 mean? And when you see a headline saying Web3 could be, uh, I don't know what the percentage was, but like percentage of consumers could be in using Web3. And that just means that you never actually own the clothes, right? Like physically, yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. all digitally, whether it's through games, through apps, um, basically bringing Sims to 2021 plus. That's that's basically what um, what they're talking about. So I think as a consumer, I can hand on heart say I don't see myself doing any of that. No, <laughs> in the next I don't think it's, years. it's not for me. It's not yeah, for me. It's not for me. But some are. Yeah, some are. Some are really into that. Um, and so there's definitely a market for it. Don't get me wrong. Um, but it, it's important to, for us to stick to our core mission and core aims, and that is to fix fashion's biggest problems that already exists um, in the physical world, as, uh, especially. I love that. That c- kind of ties in nicely yeah. with my last question about 
because I know you did have your own podcast where you talked about technology and innovation and how important that is. So I'd love to know more about, I guess, what innovation means to you guys. Sure. Um, in our last season, especially, we spoke to fashion entrepreneurs across all across the spectrum. So there was actually a keen focus on people using emerging technologies. For example, we spoke to um, Cameron James Wilson, who's a founder of The Digitals, which is the 3D and virtual modeling. We spoke to Corey Griffin, who's a fashion technologist who focus just on the digital. And I think that the future is digital. However, I think that the most reputable fashion houses, publications, like the, the trendsetters in the fashion world, realize that it's a combination of moving into the digital but not neglecting the physical spaces mm -hmm. so i feel i feel like as long as we are here as long as as consumers we are interested in shopping there will always be a market for physical spaces 100 percent. you still it's, it's, there's nothing nothing will ever replace that physical exactly. experience of trying something on no matter what we do in terms of technology yeah i mean even we've seen in the last like year and two years of the of the pandemic Yes, we've been able to do things online, but now that everything's starting to open up again, we're slowly reverting back to, you know, combining the physical and the digital because that is, that's what makes humans humans, in my opinion. Definitely. And we still like the, we're very much an experienced economy, aren't we? We like mm. to go to events. We like to go into the store and try things on. The tangible thing, feel to touch it, understand the materials, everything. So I, I don't see that phasing. I just see that it's going to be evolving over time. Yeah, they work yeah. in hand in hand. Yeah, agreed. I think that when we look at what innovation is in that space, I think it's looking at the tools that already exist to solve the problems that no one's looking at solving. Oh, incredible. For example, we, you know, we're, we're talking about sizing, but you've both used sizing solutions that are not equal to before. Yeah. But yeah. we're trying to tackle the problem of waste as well. And it yeah. feels like no one really cares about the fact that returned items go to landfill. It's just so an ongoing think, issue, isn't it? And it's something exactly. that retailers need to find a solution for um, and adjust their brand strategy. Or, you know, yeah. as you said, if, if sizes were consistent across the board, then this wouldn't be, returns wouldn't be such an issue. Yeah. I just love yeah. the fact, like, it, it's, it, I love the way you, you're talking about your next move being yeah. B2B as well, because you've, you've built this platform and it's absolutely incredible. I love how passionate you guys are and there's so much under it, so much underpinning passion and, and research and, 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 you know, you're just thinking about what the, what the future of the fashion industry needs. So I love that, you know, that this that the future of eFitter is going to, you know, hopefully be yeah. seen across loads of different brands that we shop with. And like you said, you're being part of the solution. Mm -hmm. well, the change has got to come from the top, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's the whole trickle-down theory. And, and that's part of the reason that we're moving into B2B, because we're hoping that that provides us with a little bit more influence. Yeah. And it also gives us the freedom to work with brands that actually fit our ethos. Because primarily, yes, we're solving problems for women who are shopping online. But we also do care about overconsumption being an issue. Mm. And, you know, as we're recording, Black Friday is around the corner. So you'll notice that on the Ethos page, we're going to be talking a lot about how we can shop more consciously. And even if you love fashion, there is still scope to enjoy it. And I think that's where sure. the digital comes into play. So when whatever the metaverse is starts to materialise, I think that's when digital fashion is going to really start to take off. And also, hopefully, it will be less wasteful because mm. there'll be fewer physical items involved. But then, then there are questions like, okay, how do creators retain ownership over their art? And it kind of 
expands the problems that we're facing. So I think as long as there is shopping, as long as there's fashion retail, we're going to exist to find solutions to the problems that it raises. Absolutely fantastic, girls. You know, this has just been such an insightful, interesting conversation. Um, we appreciate you coming on the podcast so much and we cannot yeah, wait to see what is next for eFitter. We are so, so excited for you both. Thank you so much. And thank you for having us. No problem. Anytime. Thank you. It's thank been you. brilliant. We've really enjoyed it. Thank you. This week's Like, like to, to Know. know. We're going to do a song. That's it. Is that what we've got? That's what we've got. Sorry, everybody. No. Poor effort. This week, I've managed to talk Laura into talking about George Astor. No, I, I don't mind um, George Astor clothing. Yeah. I think it's pretty no, good. I, love it. I, love I think it. that um, I get my basic T-shirts from there, and they're brilliant. Six pounds for two. I like my underwear as well from there. Good, yeah, good I don't get my underwear from there. I don't get my underwear good from there. Good sizing. Um, no, the reason I wanted to talk about George Astor today is actually, I, I mean, Walmart, biggest retailer in the world, and actually we've we've been. Mm-hmm. Um, We've launched our latest module at um, work today with our students, International Retailing. And yeah, uh, George Asda, Walmart, um, is the biggest retailer in the world and has not moved off that top spot for 20 years. 20 20 years? 20 years. That's wild. Um, Yeah, we were looking at it earlier. So um, just insane. Um, Amazing brand. Obviously, it's great. Uh, Obviously, it's a a supermarket. it, It was one of the first brands to introduce clothing in their stores wasn't it and have that kind of element of fashion yeah yeah um which is just fantastic um always been a fan of the um uh, of them um they had that really fab g21 range as well didn't they one yeah point. that was really cool that just disappeared which is a shame i think the clothing's good um the influencer missy l's always does um like looks collections things from there and i always think do you know what that's really nice yeah no, I like, I like it. it. Um, what we wanted to talk about in particular is the fact that George Astor, this is no new news, but um, are working with and supplying and stocking, I suppose, uh, lots of other um, fast fashion brands, which I think is just amazing. I think this is really interesting because, you know, if you look at the success of, of um, brands like Next in the pandemic that have just been an online department store yeah. and have catered to, you know, a large audience. You could go in there and buy stuff for yourself, your children, home, and it can all be delivered, um, which has been incredibly successful. I think it's interesting that Asda have said, actually, you know, we don't have to just stock our own clothing. Why don't we stock others and be that one-stop shop and cater yes. to more people? Absolutely. Because if you do shop from, you know, misguided or something, you think, oh, actually, I'm going to choose to go to Asda instead of my usual Tesco or Sainsbury's or Morrison's or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, I just really like it because obviously George Asda as, as a collection in, in itself has women's, men's, home, babies. It, it's it's something for everyone. And I'm going to go back to a conversation I was having with my students this morning, actually, because we were talking about um, misguided and then it kind of led into in the style. And I think we were saying, actually, slightly off tangent, but it comes back, it works. Um, misguided's kind of just disappeared. Well, not disappeared, but, like, it was the kind of the fashion... It doesn't fashion. seem as big, yeah, does it? it they have the just released leader. Um, a children's range, if you're seeing this fits mm. in so nicely with what I'm there about to say. It's what we were talking about the students today. And we're saying, you know, 10 years ago, Misguided was at the forefront with Boohoo mm-hmm. and they were like pretty little things overtaken. But I think, and this, this is where the, the kids' range has come in and we had this conversation earlier, that that's what Misguided has done. Misguided recognises that it launched 10 years ago and instead of constantly recruiting new fast fashion consumers of a younger age, it's, it's you're moving, growing with it. You're growing with the brand. Yeah. And this is where so many brands actually 
they either need to grow the brand or get and engage new consumers. But I think mm-hmm. what they realise is that they've got too many competitors that are now coming onto the market yeah. and getting these new consumers. So Misguided is growing with its consumer. And I think that's why... Topshop you know, failed. Yeah, Topshop failed because they just stayed absolutely stagnant. But Misguided have introduced kidswear because now maybe, okay, I'm not, definitely not pregnant or having a baby anytime soon, but maybe maybe now I'm 10 years down the line from when I was first buying Misguided. I'm in my, my you're gonna go. 30s. If you stop shopping there, you're going to go back. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you're loyal to that brand. Absolutely, because I've ordered some some new bits from there, and I went on. I showed you your last order. The last time I ordered something from Misguided was two thousand and nineteen. Wow! I know, and I was like, wow, my god! So I think that's really interesting. I wonder why you stopped. I just, I don't, I don't actually know. Because you know. buy a lot from Boohoo, so I wonder. But I think Boohoo are doing quite a similar thing to Misguided because I think they know that pretty little thing is for that younger fast fashion mm. consumer. Because I've said before on here, I can't do pretty little thing. Whereas Boohoo, I feel I. like I can. So I actually feel like the Boohoo's and the Misguided, which were like on the market first, have just aged themselves a little bit with their consumer. Yeah. I'm quite aware. Well, if you look at In The Style, we spoke last time about um, all the influence and celebrities that they use to connect with their audience. They yeah. have recently announced they're doing a homeware, haven't they? So they've got their yes. own homeware page. Yeah, and they've also done the, the People's Collection with yeah. um, Alison Hammond. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you look now, if you look at the launch of In The Style, this was supposed to be at George Astor, like to know, but we're going back there. I'll, I'm <laughs> going to link it all back, and Going to link it all back. Um, In The Style started with, you know, the Geordie Shores, the Terry's, yeah. very young millennial, but they're moving with a millennial consumer, I think. And if you look at now, they're, they're working with Jacqueline Josser, they're working with Stacey Solomon. Um, I know, obviously, they're working with, like, you know, some younger influencers like Lorna Lux and stuff. But even Lorna Lux, I feel like, has, has grown up. I love Lorna like Chris, Lux. like Christy Green, and, and I don't I know they don't work with Christy Green, but those influencers that, like, the millennial generation have grown up with, they're moving and with that. And slightly older. Yeah. So that's why I wonder whether it is just the perfect move for brands like In The Style and Misguided to go into a supermarket. Yes. Yeah, Because yeah, yeah. Um, I just think it's more... If maybe you know, if they're now targeting more kind of thirties, forties, that maybe those other people that are shopping in those supermarkets and haven't access for those brands, I think it's interesting that it's not like the real young, real young fast fashion brands. Am I making oh. any sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. But I wonder if they start that platform in ASDA, and then is it a way for In the Style and Misguided to have a retail presence in America and not actually have, ah, a, have to have a storefront yeah, but still tap into that consumer? Yeah. But it's a great thinking way. about internationalisation and thinking yeah. about where their brand could go next. Because yep. I suppose with, with brands like In the Style, will their influence strategy work? Um, Mm, especially well, with who they're working I with think they'd, I think they'd have to look at their strategy in America and look at who are people being influenced that can endorse their brand yeah. and then implement it into Walmart yeah, could who work. knows could work interesting but I think it's an interesting move from the brand that like it's because it's, it's not it's not the really young young brands it's the the, these brands are 10 plus years old now, aren't they? And Oh, you mean like as in new, not in, as in the consumer. You mean like they, they're they well established. Yeah, but they're not for like the 18 year old. I don't think Miss Garvey is the 18 year old. I Do don't not? think, not anymore, not anymore. Pretty little thing, yeah. I can't tell you the last time I went on Misguided. Oh. I have to say the products that I ordered are so, so nice. Um, I had a few new blades for work. The fit is lovely. The fabric's really lovely. Because me and the students were saying earlier, the prices have gone up a little bit as well. Mm. But, but I think I think that about were. Primark. I think Primark's prices have yeah, gone up. Yeah, that's all going to be supply chain, isn't it? That's yeah. all going to be everything that's going on in the world. Yeah, you know, the things that might have been £12 before are now £15. Yes. Um, but you know what? Actually, I do buy some stuff from Asda, and I did buy... Uh, they don't stock in my local store, like the co- the collections that they've got. There's only certain stores. I think the nearest one to Birmingham is Mintworth, Asda Mintworth. Um, 
which is just out of Birmingham. Um, but they obviously have some returns sometimes, so sometimes they do go in and there's like an office. Yeah. And I put this really nice jumpsuit. I think it was a brand girl, Girls in Mind or something like Girl in Mind. I'm going to have to Google it. I can't remember. But it's a lovely jumpsuit and it was in the sale. And I was like, yes, bargain at Asta. It's just nice to get something like some unexpected pieces from yeah. there, isn't it? As opposed to just getting the, your, your box under George Asta. So... Yeah, go George Asda. I love it. I love that they're thinking about their other consumers and pushing supermarkets and yeah. convenient fashion. Because I know sometimes, you know, online shopping is convenient. So, like, we've been able to go misguided Absolutely. next day delivery. But sometimes people with busy lives, careers, moms, whatever, may not even have the time to do that and sit down and go on web, on a website and order it. So that, the fact that they can just go and do their food shop and, oh, there you go, grab a misguided dress or grab an in the store yeah, dress yeah, yeah. while I'm out and about. Yeah, I'm going out this weekend. Boom. I can get my food delivered, I can get my booze delivered for the weekend and a nice little dress. Yeah. Kudos, George Asta. So, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this podcast wherever you are in the world. I've started listening to podcasts when I go to sleep. Like, I, I turn the TV off, put a podcast on, and just fall asleep listening to a podcast. I think it's amazing. Interesting. I love it. I'm just um, mine are in the car. Yeah, I love it in the car. I love listening mm. to them in the car. Um, so wherever you are right now, falling asleep in the car, whatever you choose to do, um, just want to say thank you for listening. And also, please take some time out again for uh, reviewing us, rating us. We've got five-star ratings across the board. I know, really happy. Well, we know we it sounds like it. an absolute bag, but it does mean the world to us. And it obviously, it, it helps it us with it. our position and understanding what you like. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, our latest review, the title. <laughs> Laura and Sophie are the best. I'm like, oh, thanks. Five stars, and the uh, the uh, lovely quote says, "This show is like listening to a, a conversation between your two smartest and coolest friends." I've <laughs> never been called smart and cool before. I'm <laughs> loving. Well, come on, we're academics. We're smart. No, yeah, yeah. I don't feel like I'm cool. I'm though. not. Cool. <laughs> Cool, but I love the fact someone out there thinks they're cool. Charles Barkley, I don't know who Charles Barkley is, but thank you so thank much. You for so that much. Review. You, you made our week, not yeah. just our day, our week. No, it does mean a lot because we go, Oh, you know what? Someone, especially like you know, the first few weeks when you're like, Come on, dad, come on, Ian, <laughs> give us a rating, <laughs> come on, Luca, can you please just write us a rating? <laughs> um, and then you just know, you look at some of the names and you're like, Oh, thanks. And then, when especially when you see the ones that you don't know, you're like, Yes, I know it's really, really lovely. If you don't know how to do it, just go on to iTunes and then you can just give a you can just you, can. <laughs> you just click the five star buttons. Yes, please. And then you can write a comment um, about what you think. Obviously, it helps with our ratings, so we'd really, really appreciate it. And if you're not already, give us a follow on Instagram. We always welcome um, DMs if you have any topics you'd like us to cover. We love when that happens. Yes. Or if you want to give us any feedback, or if there's things that we've said that we don't know, like when is tell us. Yeah. When is Black we, Friday? We when don't is know Thanksgiving? Are yeah. they both bank holidays? Let us know. Who knows. Thank you for listening to this Brum Radio podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us on your podcast app.